It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Auburn picks up more predictions from top targets. Hugh Freeze is cruiting. Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining me today, Daryl Daprich. Always good to see you outside of our live post-game shows that we do here on Locked On Auburn. But Daryl, we got some exciting Cruton news both five-star Cam Coleman and a four-star, um, four-star Martavius Collins picking up predictions from various recruiting outlets, saying that they'll go to Auburn. And I think uh, I think this is just a sign of what Hugh Freeze and the staff are doing. They've been pounding the pavement, and it's starting to pay off. Yeah, I think one of the things that I wanted to see from an offensive side of the ball standpoint when Hugh Freeze came aboard is I wanted to see some high-level, maybe five-star recruits uh, on the in the skill positions. You know, Derek Brown and some of those guys along the, the defensive line, uh, Papo, linebacker. Auburn got some five-star guys that were defensive guys. Bo Nix obviously was a five-star. But, again, I don't count that because it was a legacy. I mean, it, it's sure. one of those things where he was always going to go to Auburn. So Walker White being a high four-star and then this Cam Coleman, who is supposed to be really, really good, five-star mm. receiver. The kind of receivers that we're used to, like Georgia and Alabama getting in the mold of Julio Jones, George Pickens, those kind of guys that are just really freaks, you know, as far as body types and and, and going, getting the football, very fast physical re- difference makers. And, I, you know, Auburn, Kyle Davis and – Nate Craig Myers were like the last two five-star receivers. I believe Auburn recruited wow. into the fold. Think about how long that's been, and they really just didn't pan out. I, I think the physical tools were there, but they just never panned out. So Auburn needs guys like this, receivers especially. Receivers can make all the difference uh, in, in games where you've got to have a goal line score inside the five or you know you got to just throw it up and get someone to go get it. Guys that have that kind of talent, are difference makers in close football games, especially in the SEC. So Cam Coleman, the four-star slash five-star, depending on where you look, wide receiver from Central, listed at 6'3", 185 pounds, on three's prediction machine currently has Auburn as a 93.7% chance of landing his services. And you're right. I mean, we haven't seen a recruiting win like this in a, in a hot minute, and it's not done. Obviously, he hasn't committed to Auburn. Obviously, he hasn't signed. He can't do that until December, but... Just more proof, though, Daryl, this is more proof that the work is being done at a level that we have not seen before. Because that's been the narrative literally within minutes after him accepting the job. There were reports he was already calling 
Auburn's commits to make sure that they were still committed and he wanted to be a part of the 2023 class and all that. And so just the fact that we're starting to see some of these predictions at a time when we wouldn't normally see them, especially over the last two or three years, it's just more proof. It's just more proof that Hugh Freeze and his staff are putting an emphasis on recruiting and executing at a level that we haven't seen before here at Auburn. I look at a couple different variants as to why I consider um, a new staff coming in and getting recruiting wins that previous staffs didn't. First, I look at position groups. And let's yeah. be honest, right out of the gate, you know, Gus Malzahn, I, I mean, I'm even skipping over the potato posse and going right to Gus Malzahn. It, we, Auburn struggled getting offensive line recruits. What does you Freeze do? He comes in and he recruits that position group very successfully. Yeah. So I look at that as a win. So I look at position groups. What position groups have you been previously lacking getting? If you get those, and then I also look at schools, schools that locked you out before that you couldn't make in inroads into. Is Central Phoenix City important? You think, Daryl? Yes, Central Phoenix City is one <laughs> of those that you know we just basically access denied. Right? It's like a bad password. We couldn't get in. Yeah. And and so when you start seeing schools that high schools that you struggled getting players from. All of a sudden, maybe getting some of the I, – I, that's when you start counting wins too. Anybody that loves recruiting and wants to know what kind of uh, leeway and what kind of pro progress Hugh Freeze is making, look at position groups and institutions, you know, high schools that we typically did not have success in. That mm -hmm. shows, I think, marked success. Yep. All right, and then the other guy that Auburn landed a prediction for, Martavius – Collins, the four-star uh, tight end. Some places have him listed as an athlete, but it certainly seems like he's going to be a tight end, H-back, yeah. bigger kind of offensive piece. Um, listed at 6'3", 240, and he's a lean 240. I mean, the guy, the guy is built the way you want him to. It's not like he's got much extra weight just sitting on his frame. And this is a guy that was previously committed to Alabama, and ever since Walker White... Auburn's quarterback of the future, we think. Uh, ever since he's committed to Auburn, he's been committing Martavius Collins. And I wonder if somebody kind of got some information and about where he was as far as you know progress in his recruitment. But for folks to pull the trigger and start giving him some predictions, that's that's a that's a solid get if Auburn can land that. Yeah, from Rome, Georgia. So a couple things. Look whose backyard he's in. A school typically, never mind that he was committed to Alabama and, and, and decommitted. Georgia's right there, and Georgia's had a lot of success recruiting that type of athletic tight end, kind of a hybrid kind of guy. Sure. Uh, Georgia's very does very well putting tight ends in the league. So if if Auburn was able to get him from right outside of, of Georgia's backyard, that's big. I think a key uh, point with if he goes on and, and, and basically commits, ends up signing with Auburn – is playing time. Auburn's tight end room after this year gets very, very small. Other than Riley Decker, I think everyone else leaves. You know, our our our, our good friend Fairweather, Rivaldo, the greatest name in the tight end history. Sure. Fromm, Deal, those kind of guys. I think Fromm, Deal, I think those guys leave. I think Frazier, Other than Jake Butt, that's a great tight end name. That, absolutely. I think Brandon Frazier uh, could come back, but, you know, he hasn't played much. Uh as far as contributing. So there's there's a pathway for a lot of early playing time 
uh, for this kid, for Collins. And I, I would like – that's a formidable duo if Riley, you know, starts to, to come on the kid from Minnesota. If he ends up being what he uh, could be along with Fairweather this year, that could be a nice little combination next year if Collins signs. Yeah, yeah. And we saw Micah Riley-Ducker kind of grouped with Fairweather. Those guys were on one side and then Deal and Fromm were the other tight ends that were kind of grouped together, which I think those are going to be more of the blocking backs and Riley-Ducker and Fairweather maybe more of the receiving um, tight ends. So we'll see. Um, and then just worth noting that according to Jeffrey Lee in a post that he put up on On3 about Collins, he is planning his third visit to Auburn. He will be on campus at some point this spring. I don't think the logistics have been finalized according to the timing of that that piece, but the fact that there's interest there is um, it's all good. It's all good signs for for Auburn recruiting right now because I think people were getting a little antsy. Mm-hmm. You know, I think people were kind of wondering, okay, when's the next commit coming? Because there was some positive momentum. You know, you pick up Walker White, and we've been told you know he's been trying to win all these kids over. You know, members of his class, and then nothing. It's kind of been nothing for a little bit. And what we're about to talk about may be part of the reason why, um, but this is this is fun. I think all these predictions dropping on Wednesday afternoon was really, really fun. So coming up, Daryl, I'm going to talk with Zepp Jasper about um, what's coming up in the SEC tournament. Before that, let's touch on a very interesting development when it comes to Auburn's running back recruiting. We'll tell you what we're hearing about that in just a moment. Right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at FanDuel, Daryl. And FanDuel has put out the line for Auburn, Arkansas, which the time most of you guys watching and listening to this will be this evening. Auburn, a half a point favorite over the Razorbacks. How are you feeling about that? I I thought it would be about three just because of maybe seeding and overall record and Auburn having beat Arkansas head-to-head. But when I think about it and I look back on it, that's about right. It's a, a pick em game on a neutral floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you think about that. Every projection's got Arkansas as a seven or eight seed. So if they're saying Auburn's a half a point favorite, maybe, you know, that's where Auburn ends up. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Over under on FanDuel is 143 and a half, and it's a half point spread. So they're expecting it to be close in the in the low 70s. So take that. For what you will jump on it at fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more about their no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, the NFL, and the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Daryl, every Cruton Thursday that we've had, I, I ask whoever it's on, whether it's Cole Pinkston whether it's John Garcia, and now it's us talking about it today, like when is Fat Burnett, the running back, going to commit to Auburn? I mean, it seemed like it's been a lot for forever, and he's been kind of teasing it on social media. So a few days ago, he tweets out a lock emoji. And of course, Auburn people are like, oh, it's done. We got him. It's just a matter of time for him to announce. And then the next day, yesterday, he tweets out, I'm paraphrasing here, but he tweets out that his commitment's 100% open. 
his recruitment's 100% open. Yes, thank you for correcting which me. Is yes. Why I said that is because how do you have your recruitment 100% open when you never previously committed to somebody? That's very interesting play on words, which tells me I think he was maybe a silent commit somewhere. Mm. Because if you've not publicly professed you're committing to somebody, then your recruitment has stayed open. It never closed, except for the lock emoji that we had the previous day. Very confusing. Very confusing. And all the semantics of how are you – listen, if you've not publicly committed to somebody, of course you're – Commitment is 100% open. That's the way I take that. So for him to say that something happened to sour him or, you know, the lock thing while he was in Pennsylvania, many took it to say Penn State. I don't think so. I think he's ready and, and, and just chomping at the bit to recruit to Auburn but they're doing due diligence and, and being very cautious about some medical concerns. Yeah. There's some, there's some concerns regarding that is what we've heard. And it's tied to the reason that he missed the playoffs last season. And so we're not going to get into the details or anything like that, but that seems to be the main storyline of all uh, revolving around fat Burnett's situation, a big bruising running back. Some people said it didn't fit the scheme. I don't buy that. You take big bulky backs that can run in between the tackles in the sec all the time. You're not asking him to be the guy. And if he turns into, you know, a, a Cameron artist paying like, great, you take that. So I, I, I didn't buy that for a second, but the, the, the fact that this, it seems like this staff is kind of slowing their roll on them is interesting. You know, due diligence is something that's important when it comes to recruiting and roster management, Daryl. I don't think anybody will question that. I do wonder, and this is just me kind of taking a leap out there and you tell me if I'm wrong, but it kind of makes you wonder, like, do they feel good about other running backs that they're in on if they're comfortable enough saying mm, this may not be the best move long-term. Yeah, I think so. I think maybe in a class that the upcoming class, they may take two. And so they have to be very careful on the two they take. And I think they probably have their sights. I, I would believe that if there wasn't medical concerns, this is just my opinion. If there wasn't medical concerns, he would have been probably their top target and would have already taken his commitment. Mm, okay. And a lot of some things that have happened since then, you, you, they're just being very cautious and very weary and may have gone down to two and three on their board. And I, I get it. I mean, you have to do that because if you take two and one comes into your program and has medical concerns and doesn't get to play, then you've basically only taken one. So you have, you, you know, it's better to take two that you know are going to contribute, even if two and three options are a little less talented or a little less rated than Burnett uh, in the long run, you're going to do better if they can contribute. Because I've always said the best ability in athletes is availability. Right. And so that's what you've got to do. I mean, you've got to make sure they can contribute. And then just to kind of put a bow on recruiting talk, the another prediction was thrown in, in Auburn's favor for D'Angelo Barber, the six-foot, 220-pound linebacker from uh, Clay Chalkville over in Pinson, Alabama. On three's prediction machine has Auburn at a 95.8% chance to land his services. And so, I mean, it sounds like they want a handful of linebackers, but they're going after a bunch of linebackers. And it seems like strategically, if you're the kid, if you're the linebacker being recruited, 
it would do you better to commit early so you have your spot. And I think that's kind of some of the Joseph Phillips Phillips stuff too. And he got a prediction, but I think that one, I think Auburn's been favored for him for a long time. So, but if those are your two linebackers for this class, I think you feel pretty good about it. Yeah, you go on ahead and get that out of the way enables you to just start drafting or start uh, recruiting by need and going, okay, our linebacker situation is taken care of. Mm-hmm. If we get these two running backs, that's taken care of our tight end. And then, man, you can really start honing in as you want to finish out this class as to filling in, okay, now let's 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 assess the areas of needs while we've got these kids that have committed early and got them off the table. That's a wonderful way to recruit because what happens is you're able to go ahead and just get a kid that's a four-star, high four-star, or five-star that may not be a position in need. You just take him because he's a difference maker and you want to have guys like that on your roster. Well, and that's the difference between recruiting while you're ahead instead of always just being behind, right? Man, because you settle. You settle when you recruit. You look and go, oh, my God, I don't have enough offensive linemen. Let me take this three-star project offensive lineman because I have to and see if I can turn him into something. Or let's turn this defensive tackle into an offensive lineman, which we've seen a million times Absolutely. in the last decade. Absolutely. So, so mm-hmm. that that's where you can start to just say, well, look, I, I've got three receivers or two receivers in this class, but heck no, I'm not re- refusing this kid's you know, commitment because he's a difference maker or this running back or whoever. I mean, you don't have to get desperate uh, at at the end of the hour. All right. We're going to hop over to our conversation with Zepp Jasper in just a moment. Daryl, how can people give you some love, brother? Uh, Twitter, DAP6410. You can catch me there. Follow me. I'll follow you back. You can catch me Monday mornings at 710 on WA&I. I'll this morning with Ben Taylor. And then later on that afternoon at 135 on the Max Roundtable. And, of course, Daryl and I go live after every Auburn basketball game, so be sure to check that out. That includes the postseason. So tune in tonight after Auburn and Arkansas. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Auburn guard Zepp Jasper joining us right before you guys are about to to hit the road and, and fly to Nashville to get ready for the SEC tournament. What a way to end the season. Zep, senior day. It looks like you got a little emotional out there. You thought that that was a, a chance of that. Kind of go through senior day and what all that meant to you and your family. Well, senior day was pretty important for me, um, you know, for me and my family because of, you know, everything I've been through my whole life. And, you know, I beat the odds. Um, I did things people say I couldn't do. I played in the SEC. I went to College of Charleston. So I'm grateful. You know, I didn't met so many great people here. Yeah. Got many great relationships. And I really love Auburn. So, like, you know, my last game being in Neville Arena, you know, it really, like, made me feel emotional. It made me want to just give it my all for my last game in there. And, you know, I start shedding tears because it means so much to me, you know. Maybe, like, not, maybe not like other players, but to me, yeah, it means so much to me, like, 
it means the most. And, you know, I'm just grateful for the opportunity that Auburn gave me, that the Auburn community gave me, the fans, the family, the kids. And, you know, that hurt me because, like, I got to leave something that I love. Yeah. So, you know, me going out there, walking out there and get my name called on senior night, you know, it just I just felt the love and I felt the emotionless. You know, just just going out there. I had like a kid tell me, you know, before I even walked out, she told me, "Hey Zep, I want you to leave." You know, <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, me too." And yeah. I wanted to cry then because it's like, man, I got so many kids out here that I love that I that I actually know. You know, not, right. I'm not one of those people that forget who I meet. Every kid I meet, I make sure I remember them. And you know, it's a girl, it's a little girl, and she I always hug her before. You know, sometimes she comes to away games, sometimes she comes to home games, but sure. I gave her a hug and I was just like, man, I try to hold it in, I cried in, but I <laughs> most. Yeah. Yeah. And it was such a cool moment because, I mean, several of the folks like you and Alan and Lior, like you all had really big moments throughout the game. I mean, you shut down, you were a big part of why Tennessee like didn't make a field goal in the last six minutes, which is ridiculous to say out loud. I mean, that's just tremendous the way you guys closed mm -hmm. on Saturday. Allen had that incredible dunk didn't count because the foul was called on the floor, but still, I mean, just an incredible moment for him. And then Lior's dunk. I mean, how great was that? It was pretty good. Um, I wish Lior dunk would have been in motion. Like, well, you know, when you run it and you get to him, uh huh. It could have been emotion, but I just know he's grateful that he got a dunk. Yeah. I don't think Leo got a dunk all year, but you know, to have a person like Leo to get a dunk, to get the crowd going, to get the to to have a burst of energy, to yeah. get some momentum, you know, I loved it because it just shows you that, you know, my boy Leo can got hops too now. He my got up there. That's right. With easy, and you know, I was just pretty excited he came to the bench like. Man, that felt good. Hey, I said, man, you look good out there. I told him as soon as he came to the bench, you look good, man. Yeah, I could tell all of you guys were uh, were wanting to like just run to him and like celebrate with him, but yeah, obviously couldn't. But yeah, that that's that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. All right, so seems like you guys are playing some of your best ball of the year right now, and and a big narrative going into the SEC tournament now. Zep is okay. You know, you guys. You guys, if you keep this up, I mean, you guys are shooting at the the highest rate behind uh, behind the arc since y'all's lost to Tennessee. You guys lead the SEC in three point percentage, and like that, that's kind of been the biggest question mark about this team offensively. Is you know how efficient can this team be from behind the arc? And you guys are doing the best that you have all year. What does that potentially mean, Zep? Well, to me, um. Uh... It means something, you know, for, for, for the last of the regular season. But, yeah, you know, I tell people like this, we erase numbers. We don't give a freak what the numbers is now. I don't care if we go 0 for 18 and win the game. Numbers don't matter no more. Yeah. We throwing numbers out the way. We throwing percentages out the way. As long as we get those wins, I don't care if it's pretty. I don't care if it's dirty. I don't care how we do it. We just need to win because that's the most important thing. It's doing it right now. It's getting those wins because yeah. 
you know, coaches right now, only thing they're looking to get right now is hardware and that ring, that trophy, you know, cutting those nets. Right. And, you know, the only only way we going to Nashville to only 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 thing we doing to go to Nashville is win that ring and cut down those nets because actually we got revenge. You know, we was number number one team in the SEC last year. Right. Went down there, lost to Texas and them, and actually shot bad first half. If I'm not mistaken. It was one of our yeah. worst shooting percentages ever. Right. Y'all had to come back. and Yeah. We had to come back. So, you know, as a person, me, you know, thinking about that, you know, I, I've been sleeping about this past few days because it's like, you know, last year I went in this thing and confident, hyped. And we lost to a, a good Texas A&M team. Now I get another chance. My last year is like, I got to give it everything. I got to give it my all. I got to act like this is this is. This is my last chance playing basketball. Like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go out there and go off my my head on fire. Like, I'm losing hair. Like, that's how I'm gonna go out there because right, I have no choice because we have to win. I want this as much as anyone right now. Like, I just I want to I want to win it for so many people. My family, those coaches, these fans, and the kids I love out here. I just yeah. want to do it for them. Zep, you know as good as anyone that the best place to watch, whether it's SEC tournament games, whether it's NCAA tournament games, you guys will obviously be involved in both at this point. Uh, the best place to watch them is at Baumhauer's. Baumhauer's Victory Grill off of the Bent Creek exit just as you get into Auburn, and they've got something for everybody. Zep, I think that's what makes it such a great place because not only do they have like a 1,000 TVs, no matter which way you look, you're going to be able to see every game that's on at the same time. Uh, but also they've got great burgers, which which you like their burgers. We've talked about their pizza, the 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 shrimp that everybody loves so so much. Um, but it's just Auburn, right? I mean, you walk into Baumhauer's, you like you know you're amongst Auburn people, and I think that's what makes it great. Oh yeah, um, you know you're gonna see a lot of fans in there this week because oh, yeah. you know we're gonna bring our game on the court. So I need y'all to bring it at Bomb Bombs. Let's you know? go. Yep, that's right. That's right. So be sure to check out Bomb Howard's Victory Grill off of the Bent Creek exit on um on I-85. All right. So you guys open up conference tournament play with Arkansas. Um, a team that you know you've kind of hinted at before. And then Wendell, your teammate Wendell Green, said an impress availability earlier this week. Like you guys don't like Arkansas. So <laughs> what what's kind of the mindset going into to playing this team? Well, as I remember last year, I got on here and said one remark, which I didn't play um, when they went to Arkansas. Um, I remember me saying something, and then tournament last year came up, the SEC tournament. I got on here again right. and said, you know, I hope to get to Arkansas last year. If you remember, I had yeah. all those fans coming at me last that, year on that Twitter. went pretty viral yeah that's right yeah, that, went, that went pretty viral i had all the, the clips of this was all on their social media sites and right everything but you know i'm not gonna say we don't like them i respect yeah. arkansas they sure. got a lot of they got a lot of good players got a lot of great young players at that players that that can go who can get in transition and just you know just do all types of things but you know, it's a it's a game. It's a game that we have a lot of energy, which they will have a lot of energy too. But, um, you know, um, 
Eric Musselman, he always did did good in the postseason. If you do if you check his resume, um, he always do good in the postseason. He didn't hit went to Elite Sixteen, two straight two, Elite Eights, yep. two like Elite Eights. So you check his resume, you know he always do good when it's crunch time. But you know, um, I don't look at this game as a revenge game. I don't look yeah. at this game as we don't like them. I just look at it as a game that they beat us when we was number one. You know, plain and simple. But um, this is gonna be a tough physical game. You know, made the best win. But um, I look forward to seeing some Arkansas fans and you know Nashville. And you know, last year I went had some couple of Twitter exchanges, but I won't have none this year. So I want to tell all your Arkansas fans, I won't be saying anything back to y'all if y'all have any words for me. I, I, yeah, I, I remember Zepp when that went viral. I like texted you like, dude, I am so sorry. <laughs> oh so yeah, sorry. I remember. And I tell you, hey, it's a part of the game. That's totally. that's what I do. I love totally. it. Totally, I love it. And that's why you come to the SEC because it's just different. I mean, you've just got such intense fans and and the competition's so high. I mean, that's that's what you ask for. It's to to some extent. So, no doubt. Uh, Zepp, is there a is there a team? in the SEC tournament that like, okay, you'd like to keep winning to play a certain team again, or does it just, does that not matter? Well, for me, I really say both. It don't matter. Sure. But it matters. Okay. Okay. Cause the side we own, if you look at the, you look at the schedule, right? Texas and them, they're on that side. Mm-hmm. We win. They didn't beat us three times in a row. And guess what they did last year? They took me out the SEC tournament. Right. They beat us twice this year. Right. Okay. Then I see Kentucky on this side. I see Vanderbilt mm. on this side. Mm. Ain't these all the teams that beat us? That's right. So that should give our team a chip on their shoulder. We can beat Arkansas. This team better have a chip on their shoulder because – we have no choice. We know people doubting us. We know we know that they want to play us because they already beat us. The right. Kentuckys, I know everyone's gonna count us out. I I just know. But I, I, I see a lot of people got Kentucky winning the SEC. SEC. Yeah, that, that seems to be the most popular one right now. Yeah, as I've been looking at they got them winning. I've Every, seen a lot of people say Vanderbilt as well, which surprises me a little bit, but I get it. I would say Kentucky. I would say Kentucky because they're actually the front runners right now. From if you if you would think to win it, yeah, they're playing well. So the 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 plan against Arkansas. I mean, their roster is a little different than when you guys beat them earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, is it Nick Smith, that's his name, right? The, oh, the yeah. guard. Yeah, I mean, he's pretty he's pretty explosive. I assume you'll be defending him a lot. I think you. I think you're pretty correct on that. I don't know. I don't know where you get the sources from, but you're 100 percent correct on that one. Sure. <laughs> I mean, what what do you see in him? I mean, the guy's pretty dynamic. I see a lot of great things in Nick Smith. Um, Nick Smith can go. Yeah. You know, he he he's gonna be an NBA player come Ju- July. Um, he's one of those guys that you have to stop him going down here. You have to. He's one of those guys just keep going and keep going. Um. You know, coming out ball screens, you know, um, doing floaters, two-feet floaters, and mm-hmm. just making all types of tough shots. Um, with him, you have to stop him from going right. You have to force him left. But, you know, he can go both ways, but you just got to make sure you take tough shots. Yeah. And um, 
you know, I'm a defender that hang my hats on guarding the best player. So, you know, it ain't nothing I can't do. You know, I've been watching some Pat Patrick Beverly clips the past couple two days. So I think I should be ready to guard a, a, a great guard like Nick Smith. I think I'll be ready. Yeah, I think that's going to be a good matchup for sure. Um, and you could tell early in the season they were definitely definitely missing him. But, I mean, it's got to be exciting. A player that, you know, every mock draft has going in the first round. And it's like you get the opportunity to go up against them. Like that that's gotta be that's gotta be pretty motivating. Oh yeah, it's pretty motivating, but you know me, I'm I'm a humble guy, man. You know, I really be happy for those type of guys. Totally. Yeah. Because you know, these these boys, you know, they grew up, you know, he was one of those guys. He was a late bloomer, you know, coming out of high school and he ended up like his his eleventh grade summer, like he was ranked like thirty and then he went to like two to three like oh wow you know, okay those type of guys like i'm happy for but you know you're right it's, i'm grateful for the opportunity you know i'm just to show them you know i'm one of the best defenders in the country but you know like it's showing that it this won't be easy mm-hmm. you know i know he's one of the best players you know predicted going to the nba but you know this won't be an easy game you know i'm hanging my hat on defense this game i'm giving it my all like mark my words i'm slapping the floor I might get. I, I I usually don't celebrate, but I'm slapping the floor. I'm I'm giving it my all this time. No, I, I think that's great. I think that's great. You don't know how many more games you have, so yeah, absolutely go all in. Zep, what do you say to the fans, the Auburn fans that say, okay, this season was, you know, uh, there there's several people that are kind of saying this this season hasn't been a success yet, but still 20 wins, um, which I mean Auburn's only done nine previous times i believe mm-hmm. what do you what do you say to that narrative or do you say hey they're right we haven't done anything in the postseason yet well for me really can't get into all that because okay we 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 haven't beat some of the teams we were supposed to beat in close games sure but we knew we wasn't going to win a regular season title you know, at a certain point in time, and that's the that's the goal in the regular season. Mm-hmm. We got 20 wins. We're gonna make March Madness. Right. We still got a chance to win an SEC SEC title in sure. Nashville. So what do they expect? We didn't low achieve. Mm-hmm. We actually did some things that people thought we wouldn't do, losing Jabari and Walker. Right two of the best college players in college basketball last year. So I, I didn't think we underachieved, but I think we could have did better. I think we could have won a little bit more games, maybe three, four more games. But, man, we're in a position to do something and make history. You know, if, we, if, if I can come out and win the SEC title in Nashville, I bet they won't say nothing about being underachieved then. No, I bet you're right. I, I bet I you're bet, right. I, I bet they'd be like, oh, this team is working with something. I bet they they change their mind. They 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 go from I don't know to oh yeah, we're working with something now. So right. that's why I say, you know, all that stuff be thrown out the window because we can be a North Carolina team like last year. Mm-hmm. And sure. and turn it turn it on like this. So all that stuff don't matter. It's crunch time now. It's go time. We leaving out all in the past. Zep, have trace, uh, have safe travels up to Nashville, and uh, we'll talk to you. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you.
That does it for today's show. Thank you so much to Daryl. Thank you so much to Zepp Jasper for joining us. And we will be back tomorrow. You can follow me on socials at Z Blackerby and check out all my written work at auburndaily.com. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked on College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.